Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football, with your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory, a proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Bauer. You can find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. And we were coming at you with an early morning episode, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mitch, where you are over in Utah, it's 5 a.m. Bright and early here for everybody. But I am joined by Mitch Sorensen. That's at DinoMC on Twitter. Dude, it's so early here. I'd even get up and make coffee because I didn't want to piss off my wife because, like, it's really loud. And so, like, going with no coffee, <laughs> just some water. It'll be I, a good show, though. It's worth it. I was joking with you. I said I sound like a groggy frog. Whenever I wake up, I, all stuffed up, very nasally, even more so than usual. But I see a few people watching live. Thank you for joining us this early. As you can tell, Dan LaMagna is not joining us. This is the first episode Dan's missed. He is. He was like, hey, I've never missed a Cowboys game, guys, and I can't do it now. And he he's like, the Cowboys aren't even good, and I still have to miss the show for him. We're like, all right, no big deal. We can work around it. Well, and then because of that, you and I, we said we want to watch the game tonight as well. So we bumped it up early in the morning, and Dan says, guys, it's a zoo in my house in the morning. I, I can't do it. So we're, we're going to give him the day off. His, his Cal Ripken-like streak has come to an end. This week's episode is brought to you by MyFrontPageStory.com. This is the best, most unique holiday gift ever, especially this year during the pandemic. Seriously, you don't even have to leave your house. It's done over the phone. You talk to a professional writer about a loved one for about 10 to 15 minutes, and the MyFrontPageStory.com writer will write the most incredible story about them. There's something truly amazing about saying to somebody, I wanted to do something special for you this year, so I had a story written about you. The story looks like it's on the front page of the newspaper, framed, and a lifetime keepsake they will put up in their house immediately. It's incredibly emotional for them when they read quotes from you in print that say things like, I can never thank her enough, or I wouldn't be the person I am today without her. It just hits differently when they read it in print. Bottom line, your loved one will cry happy tears and you'll win. I know Dan got a few of these for loved ones for Mother's Day, and they absolutely loved it. Dan hasn't stopped raving about it since. Go over to MyFrontPageStory.com. Make sure you use code Theory20. Again, that's Theory20 for 20% off. MyFrontPageStory.com. Use code Theory20. Check out what they have to offer. You're going to love it. But tonight, well, t- tonight, I still say tonight. This morning, we want to discuss a few things. and. With the season wrapping up, you see so many takes now, and it's switching on a weekly basis. But one of the big conversations, Mitch, it's the dynasty wide receiver one, not a wide receiver one, the overall dynasty wide receiver one. What are your thoughts here overall on that topic? There's, in my mind, there's four guys you could choose from. And I don't care where you have those four guys. But the funny thing is the four guys that I have aren't even the ones that are being brought up on Twitter right now. So in my mind, the wide receiver one and the guys who have proved it for years, they're not dropping off anytime soon. Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins. Those are my locked in four. And I know everybody loves um, Jeffrey, or sorry, Jeffrey, uh, Jefferson. Wake up, Mitch. It's early. Wake up, Mitch. 
Jefferson, Metcalf is right on the cusp. He is wide receiver five for me if I had to pick one in the next tier. And then CeeDee Lamb, people, you know, they had him as wide receiver one a month ago, but now since he hasn't had two good games now, you know, they've dropped out on him. It's it's kind of funny. And I haven't actually looked at your tiers yet because I know you've been working on them. I have. So for me, and Mike is in the chat already, Daddy's home FF. I always like that handle. Uh, like it's, you know, it's it, Mike. He's a crazy guy, but we love him. But he says, good morning to only those of you who have Adams as the wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. And I responded back. Good morning, Mike. I can say that because I have Devonte Adams as my wide receiver one. And this hasn't changed for me. He's been in that top tier and you know, when you and I are going through our rankings, it's tier based. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's Devonte Adams and Tyreek Hill. And I was on, I, I told you a few weeks ago, the P2W fantasy football show. Mm-hmm. And this is a conversation that came up and a lot of people, obviously they're steering more towards the youth and DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, even CD lamb, Justin Jefferson, not Justin Jeffrey as Tired Mitch over there. Yeah, said. yeah, my bad, my bad. I had to get that jab in. Uh, you but, have to. But I will say, as I get that jab in, immediately after, I I owe you an apology, and you told me I owe you an apology. So I'm going to give you a public apology. I didn't feel right doing it via chat. I love it. A few weeks ago, whenever Drew Brees went down and Taysom Hill stepped in, you and I were talking. It was a conversation on Twitter, and I said. I, I don't think it's going to negatively impact Alvin Kamara too much. Eh, whiff. The passing game has been a struggle for him. I said the one person I think it's going to impact because of the volume and the overall passing attempts is Michael Thomas. And while one of those situations is true, there are fewer passing attempts. Michael Thomas is pushing over a 40% target share. So Taysom Hill has found his guy. Michael Thomas at this point... I think his value, it it started to drop a little bit, his perceived value, but I think it needs to be insulated just a bit because we've seen Taysom Hill wanting to funnel it through Michael Thomas. But again, if you're in if you're in a league and you have Michael Thomas, I don't think you you can't get Devontae Adams, especially for me. You're not going to get that. I don't think you're going to get DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, Hopkins. That might be a toss-up just because. They're viewed pretty similarly, but then uh, you're not going to get AJ Brown. And I don't think you could get Justin Jefferson today. Oh, you probably can't. But that's kind of the difference between how a lot of people like to play dynasty. And I'm thankful for it because when people value these young wide receivers who have only proved it for half a season, it helps me win some money in different years, right? So what's going to happen this year in startups? We're going to see Justin Jefferson go really early. We're going to see Metcalf go really early. We're going to see A.J. Brown go really early. C.D. Lamb. So what's going to happen? All of these, I mean, Michael Thomas is going to go mid-second now instead of early first. Yeah. And then here's the thing. Like, look at the other wide receivers. Like, Justin Jefferson isn't the best wide receiver on his team right now. Adam Thielen is still their number one wide receiver. So I know people want to call him the number one in all of dynasty, but you have to be the first one on your team. And the only like young wide receiver we're bringing up who is the alpha is Metcalf, who still has Lockett 
and AJ Brown, who still has as funny as it is to say, Corey Davis, Corey Davis had what 11 catches for 190 yards last week. And then you could, I mean, look at Thielen, 18.6 points per game average. You look at Cole Beasley, who is 32s averaging 14.7 points per game, you know? So there's, this weird thing to where we want to elevate these 22 year old wide receivers to where we don't have to in dynasty. Like the guys who have done it for the last five years are probably going to continue to do it for the next four years. And there's no one on my team that I'm going to keep for four years because I'm going to end up trading them after two years. Anyways, even if they are Justin Jefferson, who's 22. Oh, don't even say you're going to trade them after two years, two weeks, maybe it will. Yep. I oh, moved come on, two years. Two- Adams is, if I had to say my wide receiver one is Devontae Adams, right? I moved him last week in the league. And I didn't get like a huge return for him. I got um, two mid firsts and Preston Williams. But it was just a team to where I know in that league, people value those rookies a lot. And so what's your team situation there? I'm barely going to make the sixth seed. See, I don't know if I would make that move there. I know. I should have got at least another second or first on top, but it was one to where made a trade, you know? And that's the thing is like we make a lot of trades and we're going to lose out on quite a bit, but sometimes we hit the good ones too. Well, that's the thing. And I, I say a lot of the stuff that I do for Dynasty, it's it's volume-based, right? Mm-hmm. I'm in so many leagues, but also that allows me to have, I think, a, a, a larger margin of error. If you're in one league and you make two trades a year, I always say this, you better hit those trades. Mm-hmm. Or they better be minimal value, maybe end of the, the bench players that you're swapping, lower value draft picks. But for us, I, we're able to move those those the higher assets because, like you said, across our portfolio, I think the value, the gains and losses, it, it kind of makes up the difference there. For the wide receiver one overall, obviously I said Devontae Adams, but Tyree Kill was in that first tier for me. Immediately after that, it gets really muddy. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm not going to argue too much. Again, we talk about Metcalf, Hopkins, Thomas, A.J. Brown, Lamb, Jefferson, that kind of right there. And I'm just looking at, at some of the, the wide receivers here. But that right there, I think, is the end of the conversation for that next tier for me. And then you start getting into the Ridleys, Godwins, McLaurins. But I don't think I'm going to get many of these guys in startups. And that goes back to my overall philosophy that wide receiver is so deep. And we're going to see more of an influx here coming with some of these these rookies. You're How many of them are we going to insert into the top 24 immediately? Three, maybe? Yeah. Like immediately. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. And then... One thing is like, I don't Devontae Adams is going to be any higher price than he was in startups last year. And you were getting him at the end of the second, early third, because these younger wide receivers are going to go ahead of him. It's just what's going to happen. And so when that happens, and I know I could get, if it's not Adams, I could get Tyreek. And if it's not Tyreek, I could get Hopkins at that second to third turn. Like, give me that running back in the first round every single time. I'll get a really good running back either in the second or the third. And you know, a name that we haven't even brought up yet, who is averaging just as many points as Metcalf, more than Hopkins, more than Jeffrey, more than Thielen, Keenan Allen. And you're the, going to get him in the fifth. You you could, that that is an evergreen, ever, evergreen. 
it, it's early still. It's, it's it. still early. The coffee's kicking in in my Dynasty Fury mug. But that that is an evergreen comment right there, right? Mm-hmm. It could be year after year. Keenan Allen's going to be a value. Mike Evans, even T. Higgins to an extent. We all Tyler Boyd. So yeah. these are guys, those high-end receivers, if you're going to take those Metcalfs and A.J. Browns, and I can get a Devontae Adams even early second, I think he might actually be bumped a little bit up mm-hmm. from what we saw last year, but wide receivers just so deep. And then typically, and this is a, a good segue here, but for startups, we always say trade back, but everybody's doing that at this point. Yeah, but if you can't I can, trade back anymore. <laughs> but if I can trade out of the first, and we talk about our tiers, and today's not really going to be a strategy session per se for startup conversations, mm-hmm. but more the season's kicking off, right? We're excited about it. We've been talking about it. My final thought, I think, for the last four weeks has been, startups and dan yells at me jb jb slow down we have dfs we have redraft i'm in startup mode baby so we're, we're looking at these receivers if i can trade my let's say arbitrarily i have the 108 in a startup super flex startup tight end premium whatever it doesn't matter but if i can move that back to the middle of the second if i was going to take one of those wide receivers with my first I can get equal value in the second and I'm either going to get an additional 2021 first. No, 2022 first. What year is it? 2022 first with that, or I'm going to get a bump up in the back. So Jeff in the chat, seven wide receivers and Mel Kuyper's top 25 incoming rookies next year. I believe it, man. Mm -hmm. And then he says even more depth at the position. That's exactly it. So you're getting these middle upper tier players that are dropping I just think there's going to be tremendous value. Cooper Cup, Robert yeah. Woods, the same guys that I'm loading up my rosters with this year. Are you going to start to take that hit because of their age? Absolutely. So the return that you're going to get is going to be minimal if you look to move them. And we can't look, sorry, to just go back on the wide receiver one real quick. Like we've had great young wide receivers come out, be elite, get moved up to wide receiver two. And that's it. Like Juju. He was a dynasty wide receiver before the 2019 season. He was either one or two on a lot of people's draft boards. And then what has he done since? I don't even know if he's averaging 10 points a game right now. I mean, that's no, something... he, he, he's over that. I, I think he's in that wide receiver two range. Per- perfect. Perfect. But no, I don't know. Hold on. Hold on. We're going to do some quick. Yeah, and I I apologize. You could probably hear my son in the background. Hear him at all? It's morning time. He runs the show here. Anytime, if he's awake, he's running the show. But I I was telling my wife that um, my youngest usually comes and wakes me up now, and he never used to do it before. So I'm just waiting for him to come down here and bust open the door and be like, (laughs) "What's going on, guys?" Hey, he can jump on. Uh, so Juju's at 14.3 PPR points per game. Exactly, yeah. So he's just right around. What's a good name to pull up around him? AJ AJ Brown. Two Chase and Claypool. And, and if you look. Samuel if, Curtis. Yeah. <laughs> Curtis Samuel. And if okay. you look. It, it, your names are all backwards. That's fine. I'm I'm sitting here messing up words. If you look at it. And we all talk about the overreactions on a weekly basis. Again, there, there were people had Chase Claypool after 
Yeah, that monster game <laughs> as a top 10 receiver. The, the receipts are out there. People had Claypool as a top 10 receiver. So if you can take advantage of those overreactions, do it. Because especially at the wide receiver position, I think they're so... The, the difference between these receivers is so minimal, but if you get that value in return, it, it's crazy. And Jeff says, first of all, thank you. He says, great points, gents. I remember last year, Juju was top two dynasty wide receiver, and Odell was the number one the year before. And they say there's more longevity at the wide receiver position with a few emojis there. But one of the trades, I'll to- toot my own horn here, two years ago in a league, I moved Beckham. After he, it was the off season, he went to Cleveland. People were excited. I moved him straight up for Devontae Adams, and I got some comments in the chat that weren't exactly positive. I'm thrilled about that now. Yeah, it's I'm a good move, man. Thrilled. Yeah, so we, we could talk about wide receivers all day here, mm-hmm. but I think if you can pick up that edge and you have players valued similarly in a tier, which really we'll dive into a little bit here during the startup conversation, but I think you take advantage of that. So even if you're rebuilding, I think Michael Thomas is a viable option right now. Let's say your trade deadline hasn't passed. I think he had a solid game last week, though, mm-hmm. and we're seeing that 40-plus percent target share. So I don't know that you're going to get too much of a value, but that's still a player that I think you can build around if you are rebuilding. So, Mitch, we're finally there. We're getting there. All right. All last, right. last year, on December 11th, mm-hmm. we did a startup. That's right. And I actually saw one, no, two or three different people talk about a Superflex startup happening right now. There were a few midseason ones, but uh, again, it's not exactly going to be a strategy mm-hmm. conversation here. But we've done this. This is now the, I guess, second time we've done this type of show. But startups. What are you looking for? Because everybody's jumping in startups and we saw it this past off season with COVID. Everybody's locked in their house. People are joining startups galore. It didn't matter what the settings were, but if you could drill down a little bit, ideally what kind of leagues are you joining? What are the settings? And as a commissioner, what are you looking to incorporate? This is a question I posed shameless plug in our Patreon chat the other day. Mm -hmm. I said, what settings are people looking to avoid or what really brings you in and it's interesting to see everybody's views on this yeah so mine it's actually after joining all these different leagues i kind of have it narrowed down to what i want now and if it doesn't have these things i'm probably not going to join has to be super flex um two quarterback is fine as well so i'm okay with both of those um it needs to have tight end premium above 1.5 ppr so it needs to be like at least 1.75 or 2.0 and then 14 teams like I love 14 team leagues because 12 team leagues, you could be pretty bad and still make the playoffs to make the playoffs in a 14 team league. You need to be better than the average team. And two, two questions Two no, as you're, as you're talking here, things are going to pop up. So I'm just going to jump in. So obviously super flex two quarter black back. That's something that we're really geared towards. Would you take part? in a 16-team Superflex League or even a 20-team Superflex League where it's you can start zero, one, or two quarterbacks? No. no. Wouldn't I, do that? No, because like you're in the 16-team Superflex League that I'm in, and you have to start one. And I, right. I don't have much interest in 
being able to not start a quarterback in a league. I just think that you should have to start at least one. That, But th- these are just my settings. Whatever someone else wants, I will not bash on what anybody else wants to join, what, whatever they want to do. But for me, it's super flex. If I had to choose, it'd be 14 team, then a 12 team, and then a 16 team. Now, and the one thing I will actually – that go ahead. One last thing. I had two things lined up. You're I'm good. sorry. I'm sorry. So tight end premium, obviously, that's something I'm that's very interested in. <laughs> Would you do one where you have to start two tight ends? Nope. I joined one last year, and that's exactly what I was actually just going to say. Is I know you're in a few more of the two tight end premium leagues that you have to start two. And the issue that I see, it doesn't raise their value. Nobody wants to trade them. So like, it doesn't matter if you have to have a top one to win. So if you ha- you need to have Kelsey or Waller or whoever, you don't have those, you're in a lot of trouble. And you can't go out and get Logan Thomas because whoever has Logan Thomas will not move Logan Thomas. And so while they might have a little bit of an elevated value, it doesn't matter because you can't acquire him in the first place. Yeah, I'm in a few where you have to start two tight ends. That is the position where it gets moved the fewest times, I would say. And we rarely see it. The trades are, are few and far between, but that's exactly it. If there's no 1.5 or any type of point premium, people still want tip top value. Mm-hmm. And I'm in one, it's a 16 team super flex. You, you must start at least one uh, quarterback, but then you have to start two tight ends. I went nuts this week because one of my tight ends that I have to start on a weekly basis is Jesse James. And he, so found nice. the, he found the end zone and yeah. somehow um, in the playoffs in that league, just because tight end position is a wasteland, but you're not getting even a mediocre tight end in that setting. So the whole thing for me is what can we do as whether it's a commissioner, what can people do to drive activity? And I think adding a premium for a tight end will drive activity, adding the extra required starting position limits activity for me and then just going off that activity thing and then jeff in the chat says you know, uh th- these irishmen they they put entire novels out there whenever they put comments and in our patreon chat you have to scroll like this far and i'm like all right jeff what, what are you saying here? what are you saying here but he says has to be ppr and super flex for me one quarterback leagues are super boring and quarterbacks worth nothing in trades so less trades equal less action, which is always a bad thing. And it is. So what can we do to drive activity? And Mitch, I think you know what my next point's going to be. Yeah, you might as well bring it up because I think it's actually a really good one that I disagreed with for a long time. And then actually I've seen it work out this way. I know people want to have the ability to build their teams any way they want. And I think that's important. But if you're looking to drive activity anything that has minimal starting requirements and it goes back to the quarterback position where you can start zero. But if you only have to start one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, a quarterback, and then six flex spots or five flex spots and a super flex that limits activity. And I've seen that in countless leagues and sure, I'm sure people could point to a league and say, Hey JB, I'm in a league like that. And the trading is nonstop. It all comes down to the managers in a league ultimately. But I think by changing certain settings, It allows us to be more active. If I have to start three receivers and I have a few injuries or I have players that aren't performing, I'm going to make a trade. If I have two good receivers and I only have to start one, but I'm loaded at running back, there's no reason for me to go out there and make a move. Yep. 
Yeah, like we're in, it's like a two-copy 24-team league. I didn't make a trade all year in it. And it was just because I had a deep enough team, had injuries, it didn't matter. I just played wide receivers or tight ends or whatever I wanted. It just didn't matter at that point. Yeah, I'm the same way. It just, you know, it, it's it's difficult to drive activity in a league like that. What about best ball? Do you have any? Best ball's in- fun, so I have a couple of them. Um, Dy- Dynasty not- best ball? Dynasty best ball. Yeah, they're not really for me. I understand why people love them. Because you could draft a lot in the offseason, not have to touch them, and then just see if your team's good at the end of the season. For me, I love the matchups. I love the trash talk during the season. I love even more the trash talk that's going to happen in the next three weeks. Like, I just, best ball's okay. okay of course, I'm going to keep the teams, but I probably won't have any more. You know, I have my two, and that's, that's enough for me. I was in one and this was, it was a startup going into the 2019 season. And it was eight of us that we made the league. It was, it was an inexpensive league. We made it for the sole purpose of drafting and the settings were all wonky. We were all like, okay, what can we do to make this really, it was a weird league. It was really weird. But after the first year, all of us, even people that had picks stockpiled, Mm -hmm. they're like, do you guys just want to disband this? And Oh, really? It was like, it was eight zero. Everybody, yeah, yeah, no problem. Money got refunded after mm-hmm. that first season. But again, even people that had picks, uh, uh, one of the guys were in a, several leagues with. He had three firsts in twenty twenty mm-hmm. since it was two years ago, and he was like, "Yeah, I I don't mind at all." <laughs> That's funny. So I mean, it was just, a, but it was best ball, and I I never I never checked it. I, mm-hmm. I didn't. I I honestly, it just it didn't pique my interest. But again we're not here to knock on anything that anybody else wants. I'm, I'm just looking at what can drive activity and, and that kind of hits it for me. Anything else for startups here for settings as a commissioner? Uh, uh, let's talk about rookie draft order. Mm-hmm. Okay. So rookie draft order is a huge thing. It's something that is a make or break in dynasty leagues. And this is, we're going to start to get into the do's and don'ts here coming up. And this is, so when you want to get into a startup draft, you want to have the rookie picks included in the startup. I know in sleeper, what a lot of people do is they'll, they'll have you draft a kicker and then say what rookie pick that is. So like Butker is now the rookie pick 107 or whatever it is. Right. But um, in my fantasy league, you could actually go in and make a custom player. And that custom player now says the 101. And you could do that for all of your picks down the fourth round. But I think a big reason for that is it takes the commissioner 45 minutes, maybe an hour to get it all set up. And if you're joining a league right now, you want a commissioner that cares. You don't want a commissioner that's in there just because he wants to have a draft, which I think is going to happen a lot as well. That happens every year. Exactly. So you get in there, you make sure everything is just set up. There are bylaws. There are the rookie draft picks are included. I mean, these things just take an hour to set up. And if the commissioner isn't willing to do it right now, then I have like no faith in this league actually continuing down the road. What are your thoughts on, and I was, I hated this at first, but it's grown on me. And one person that kind of really talked me into it was Mike Lusheen, who we interact with a Mm -hmm. ton and you know, him and Ray over NFL rough draft, if you need any draft information, you go to those guys, like actual NFL draft information. Yeah. Those are your guys. But startups prior to the NFL draft, 
that include the incoming rookies. Love them. It the first the year I did it, I first I said no, and then I said okay, I'll do it. And I I was like a deer in the headlights. I I, I stayed away from. I I did not take one incoming rookie. Did not take one just because you don't feel comfortable. You have no idea where these guys are going to land. And you, you see these players coming in and the hype is there. They're going earlier than you think they might have to. But now I'm OK with it. But that first year, I was like, absolutely not. This is garbage. Yeah, it's my absolutely favorite draft to do is in Mar- late March, early April is when MFL has most of the rookies put in. And that's when I will have I'm not going to do a ton of starts this year, maybe four or five. And I'll say four of them will probably be during that season. I like how you say not a lot and you say four or five. And some people are like, ah, what are you talking about? Not a lot (laughs) compared to last year when I had like 20, but yeah, so I'm cutting back quite a bit and it's just because I have enough leagues now to where I want to be able to manage them and be able to make the trades that I want to make. My big thing that really drives me towards wanting to take part in startups and I I'm going to space it out more. I'm going to make a better effort here to space it out, but to see those changing values, Mm -hmm. Because I don't feel like I can give, and some people might question the level of advice I give at times. And I get it. I get it. Sometimes it's off the wall. But if I'm not taking part in those startups to give strong advice on strategy and where players might be going, I wouldn't feel comfortable because you're not seeing it firsthand. Yeah, you could go look at ADP, but I want to take part in it. I want to be there firsthand and really see what's going on. Now you had some do's and don'ts and I I haven't seen this, so I don't know where you're going with it, but throw them at us. Okay. So, so this isn't really do or don't, it's just a fun thing. I know on MFL and sleeper, you could have the, the app, just randomize it for yourself. And that's fun. You know, it just spits out an email and everyone knows what it is. 100yard-dot-com. It's actually been changed, so it has its own website now. But if you go to 100yardrush.com, um, they have like it's like little tech mobile. I mean, John's seen it 15 seen times it. by now. <laughs> but you put in the names of the teams, and these little guys make a hundred-yard dash. And I mean, it's it's kind of just fun to watch. You can root for your guys. You can do really fast to where it takes 30 seconds. You can take it to where it takes up to two minutes. And it's just a really fun way to do like the startup draft order instead of being like, oh, you know, just have MFL spit it out and just see how it goes. What do you think about the Kentucky Derby style? And you could even incorporate the 100-yard dash where if you were first, you get to pick what spot you want in the draft. Do you like yeah, that at I, all? Yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair. Anything that's just not a spit out the email and that's what it is. I like having a little bit more substance to it. We'll make sure we talk to Scott Fish. He needs to incorporate this in his thousand leagues. In all of them. Yes, <laughs> without a doubt. And then the wait, really, really quick. So uh, just because it we kind of touched on it, mm-hmm. going back to the rookie picks and, and startup order and everything, don't do a, oh, God. a startup <laughs> where Let's say I get 112 in the startup. Okay, John, you now get 101 rookie pick. I think that gives a big edge. If you go back to like 2018 when that was done, if people did it, mm-hmm. 112 then got Saquon Barkley. Yeah, and then it, Darius Geis went right after. Come on. That is the lazy commissioner way to do it. And it's really the only reason why it's done that way is because it's easy for the commissioner. 
And that's one of the things I'm like, if the commissioner isn't willing to put time into the league, then I don't want to be in it and doing like, Oh, we're just going to do the reverse draft order. It's just lazy. It really is. There's no strategy to it. It's not fair. It creates a huge imbalance because at the 112, you could still get a really good player. And then you automatically get Trevor Lawrence this year. I mean, like you can't do it because Trevor Lawrence is going to end up being a first round draft pick himself in startup drafts with him included. It's a huge advantage. Uh, Last thought here, uh, third round reversal. And anybody that's not familiar with it, we've done a few like that. Let's say, yeah, we uh, 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 the Champion League Dynasty. That was third round reversal. Oh, that was? Oh, that was? Then that's the only league I've ever done it. You don't even remember, man. So if you're not familiar with it, let's say you have the 101 and then it comes back around and you have the 212. Instead of you getting the 301, that third round gets reversed. And then the rest of the draft stays that way. I actually, I don't mind it. I think it's a nice way to store some balance and it makes values very interesting. And if you get to pick your draft slot, it could be very interesting. It's just an interesting dynamic. And I have no issue with it. That's one thing. If if you come to me and say, we're going to do it, I don't think I would bat an eye. Yeah. Th- so here is my one last thing. And I th- actually think it's the most important thing because it kills leagues. And we're going to see um, how it affects a league that we're in as well. League fees. Like you have to have the fees collected before the draft starts. I mean, it's one of the most important things. And then there also needs to be in the bylaws how future picks, if you need to pay right now for those future picks in order to move them, if you don't need to pay for those future picks. So here's a perfect example, right? All of my leagues, you have to pay a year in advance. So if I'm going to do a startup now, you pay for 2021 and you pay for 2022. So those 2022 picks, you can move them whenever you want. There's a league that we're in that's 14-team league, and it's a higher buy-in, and the, the rules weren't set up completely when the startup happened. So everyone paid for the startup draft, paid their, you know, let's just say it was 200 bucks. Everyone paid their 200 bucks, and then about halfway through the startup draft, the commissioner was like, you know, we need to make everyone pay who's trading these picks, so now you need to pay for next year. Guess what happened? Nobody paid. And then so a week ago, someone goes in the chat and they're like, hey, I'm going to leave the league just so you guys know. Of course, that person has moved their first, moved their second, moved their third, I believe has a fourth. And now they're just going to bail. And the commissioner really has no recourse to make that person pay. Like that person's just going to bounce, not pay the fee. And now the commissioner has to go out because he didn't do what he needed to do six months ago and make everybody pay. And so then now we're going to see if he could get someone to come in and be part of that team. And that was one thing because there are bylaws for that league. Mm -hmm. And I, it's so easy. And this is why I don't commish. I leave all that dirty work up to you, but it is so easy to leave one thing out. And I've seen leagues where, and it actually came up where, you know, uh, I happen to get a buy. And if you look at the standings, I was in third place mm-hmm. because of points as the tiebreaker. But then it was discussed, but not in the bylaws that head to head was the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. And it, it was came to my it was my advantage there. But I, w- I wouldn't have known because it wasn't in the bylaws. And I just think everything needs to be 
explicitly stated because it's going to avoid any issues in the future. And especially if there's money involved, it doesn't matter if it's a little or a lot, because I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, what it needs to be to be considered a lot, but people get a little hostile and rightfully Mm -hmm. so that this is money that people work for and earn and they're throwing into these leagues. It should be fun, but it should be fair. It should be organized. And I think that's very important. And then with the the uh, future rookie picks, if you're trading them, I love I, I you know we talk about Scott Fish all the time on the show because mm-hmm. what he does as a commissioner, it's spot on. It I, I, it, it's it's so organized. His bylaws, oh my goodness, it's it's like a scroll. You 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 know, but everything is covered because he's been through every scenario. But on safe leagues, if you move a future pick, you get an automated email. Hey John, you have to go into league safe and pay. And if, if 24 hours pass and I don't pay, my team's locked. Yep. And that's that's fair. That's completely fair. Yeah, that's actually how I'm doing it moving forward because there's a league that I might need to take over for being a commissioner. And that league, I don't think you pay a year forward. And so I'm going to ha- either have to put that rule in place being the commissioner or I'm just going to have to start to take away some rights when people trade their picks and they don't pay. And then one other thing, just talking about league fees, there's a league I'm in. I really enjoy the league, but the commissioner, he did not collect league fees whenever it, it was known. If you trade a future pick, you have to collect the fees. It's in the bylaws. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's a it's a good league. We're all I wouldn't say friends, but, you know, it, it's a good league. And everybody, we thought they were trustworthy. And the commissioner came to me, DM me and said, hey, John, what do you what do you think about this? And the manager who moved to future first came back to him and said, like, do you mind if I like just pay half or 25 something? And he's like, no, man, like this isn't the bylaws. Like we're in multiple leagues together. You shouldn't, you shouldn't burn a bridge because especially the fantasy community, you see it. People want to get their pitchforks out and Mm -hmm. they're, they're chasing people all over Twitter over anything. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm terrified (laughs) to burn a bridge. I, I I don't want to. So I, I just think it's very important to have everything set up. Do you have any more do's or don'ts to, to wrap up your startup conversations? No, that covered it up. I mean, just to rehash it, bylaws, fees are probably the most important thing. And then just have fun with it. You know, get the settings that you want, that you enjoy. Especially if you're going to be a commissioner for the first time, don't do what everybody else wants. Do what you enjoy because people will join. I mean, it's not hard to find people for a startup. And one thing that you do very well, and I, I occasionally throw a compliment your way, but you have your bylaws and you make everything very clearly stated in all the leagues that you run. I don't think we've ever had somebody maybe initially when things were first getting kicked mm-hmm. off, but we're at the point now, if somebody has a question, there's an answer. And that's it. There's never a dispute or a conversation or I see. So how many leagues do you see where mid season people are like, all right, let's put this to vote. What? Because you, you, you're going to have people vote in a way that might benefit their team, depending on what it is. It's exactly it. I mean, that's exactly. It. And that was, man, this season has been rough for a commissioner who took time in the off season, put everything in place. And then I've been so many leagues to where commissioners were just trying to figure stuff out week four when there was a COVID issue. It's like, you can't do it week four because everyone has had their team in place. But I mean, we could go on for that for hours, but just 
be in good leagues to where the commissioner cares and they put time into it. I think it's the most important thing. You know, Scott Fish, we bring him up a ton. And the reason why, he puts a lot of time in it. He knows what the good and bad are in Dynasty Leagues. And you never have to have an issue with it. I've never had one issue with the Scott Fish Ren League on anything ever because that's just the rules and that's how they are. Everything's it's it's laid out. We had people in one of the leagues. It was like week six because it was the first time, you know, week six, seven, whatever it is. But it was the first time they were impacted. Hey, I don't know where I put it, but can I put my backup players in? There are no backup players. It's been that way <laughs> for six or seven weeks. You weren't paying attention. But again, it's so easy to get. How many times do I reach out to you and say, hey, Mitch, in that one league, how's draft order decided? I, Everybody I, does. Yeah, I, I ask good. you constantly because just so many different settings. And that's kind of like I, I like the the uniform settings. People think it's boring, but I like to know in every league, this is how draft order is decided. I'm in one league. It's a fun league. It's a great group, but you can use like power ups and a 10% bump on a player. If you use a power and you can challenge people and that's great. And if that's what you want to do, it, it it's fun, but it's so easy to get lost in a league like that mm -hmm. when you have so many other things going on. But again, like you said, Mitch, it's all about having fun. And last thing I'll say, have a group chat. Oh yeah. Yeah. There, there's one league that we're in that. And, and I know Pete, if you're listening, we get it. You're in a lot of leagues, but it, that that's not the, the the point here. It's trying to show real life examples. So just just to get that across there, but we, there's no league chat in that one league. Oh, my voice just cracked. There's no league chat in that one league, and there's no like camaraderie, right? There's no there's trade nothing. discussions. It's a very yeah. inactive league because of that. So I think that's important. Um. All right. Well, we we have to get to the the final thoughts here because I know if I don't do it, Dan's gonna let me hear about it. Final thoughts. Are you surprised that we actually, I said, this is going to be a shorter episode and in your head, you were probably like, yeah, okay. No, I think it's still shorter because we're under an hour. I mean, that's kind of our baseline, but something that I want to bring up is even if you're in one league, if you're in three leagues, if you're in five leagues, look back at your startup draft, look at your prior years. This is the time to go through your process. This is the time. And we are going to have a process episode what we did wrong, what we did bad, how to improve on it. And everybody needs to do this. I mean, especially in Dynasty, it's really easy to just step back and go like, oh, you know, I just decided to rebuild week six because I did something wrong previously. But what went wrong to make you to have to rebuild by week six? And if it's just an injury, don't chalk it up to just an injury. Go through your team because in Dynasty, one injury shouldn't derail your season. You can make moves so you could keep competing if you want to. Even if you lost Christian McCaffrey, you could have still done something to help your team out. And keeping Christian McCaffrey could be one of those things. But that's it. You go through your process. You see what happened over the course of the year. And then you just go from there on it. Even if it's just one team, I think it's super important to do. And now's the perfect time to do it to where maybe you're out of the playoffs. You have four weeks with nothing really going on. Check out your previous history and see how well you did. And I don't care. You mentioned that you don't care if you're in one league, five leagues, whatever. But I don't care if you've been playing fantasy for six weeks, six mm -hmm. years, 16 years. There are always things that we can do to get better. And we talked about it. Process, especially with rookies coming in. Do we want to take those middle round NFL 
23 year old running backs coming out. And yes, this is a Keyshawn Vaughn tweet. <laughs> yep. You know, so I, I think there's a lot of things that we're going to be talking about over the off season to help hopefully our listeners, but also things that have helped us. And again, things that we've seen firsthand real life examples. And when we put together our projections earlier in the off season, th- it was the first time we did full projections and I always plug this, but it's pinned on my Twitter. It's my pinned tweet, but we're going to have a, what did we learn type episode might be on the Patreon. Whoa. My, my son's throwing stuff upstairs. I don't know what's, what's going on. It's like a war zone, but we're going to be having a, a, what did we learn different thing? You know, I, I think for certain positions, we came in really low. We were conservative. How can we adjust and be better moving forward? And then, you know, there's some things that I keep track of every week. How are our pass to run splits looking total plays? Some of those really good. Some of them are off a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, for example, we really underestimated the number of passing attempts per game for the chargers and the bills. And that's just something that we have to start looking at and adjusting. But I think process, just like you said, it is beyond important because that is what's going to help us. And you see all the time people say they don't like a player. They like a profile. And that kind of goes with the process aspect of it. That was a long final thought. That was, yeah, I actually have more to say on this, but like we'll, we'll, we'll hit it on a future episode. Absolutely. Especially during the off season. Once we get to certain points where there's nothing going on, we'll message each other. I'm like, what do you want to talk about this yeah. week? What, what is there? There's no news. What are we going to talk about? Anyway? So an early episode, we made it through Mitch, you're you're heading here to 6 a.m. your time. I can get used to the morning episode, I yeah, think. It's, it's really not bad. You get warmed up to it. The first 10 minutes were rough. I mean, Jeffrey, Alshon, whoever's playing for the Vikings. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, Mitch still has Alshon Jeffrey as a top 10 dynasty receiver. Only before 10 a.m. his time. But anyway, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Stay safe, be kind to each other, and have a great day.